Listen, this is how people know it done got started. It still tickles me. We have a, a live studio audience. <laughs> like, listen, we t- that like that is totally one day we're gonna have a live studio audience and they're gonna come through. And absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> What's up, Gooch? Man, I thought I won't go make it. <laughs> oh Lord. It is only by grace and mercy. <laughs> It's been a hell of a week, man. It's been a hell of a week. Almost, uh, like, why you ain't tell me project management was so hard? Girl, uh, listen, you hear me be, I'll be ranting and cursing up a storm, and child, it's, 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 it really is good work if yes. you like to work. Yeah. But. Roping these people up and getting them in line, child. It's a lot. Like the girl, my friend, who um, I'm the one. I took her spot because she went to IT, and mm-hmm. she was like, "Listen, like I'm telling you now, like these mm-hmm. people are trash." And I was like, "Nah, you probably just lazy and don't want to do the work." <laughs> Listen. And then I get over and I'm like, "She wasn't lying." <laughs> <laughs> That's what. And as project manager, you know everything about everybody, right. especially if you're a good project manager. You right. have to know your people, and you right. have to know how people operate and what motivates right. them. And when you really, like, see it, you're just sitting there like, you're trash. Yes. You think you know every damn thing, and you just yes. don't want to do shit. And it's just like, you know what? I'm done with all y'all bitches. Yes, like I'm, I'm like, like I've been yelling, like, okay, so I, I sit in the cubicle, but you know, it's amongst a whole bunch of people, and mm-hmm. I'm just like yelling <laughs> in my cubicle, and people are cracking up, and I'm like, this is not funny, <laughs> like this is really, this is my real life, y'all. Play. <laughs> Like, people don't answer emails. And so my team leader nope. like, walk down to their cubicle. Walk to, walk down to their office. Do a pop-up. They don't want to answer yep. the phone. You do a pop-up. And I'm like, yep. I shouldn't have to do all this. People don't want yes, to follow you do. up. People don't want to, uh, they want to pass the buck. I'm just yep. like, oh, oh, bitch, how about yesterday? So <laughs> I have, first off, they threw me on this project. The, the, the project start date is November 1st. They threw me uh-huh. on this on Monday. I was like, so we got oh 14 days. God. We usually have 60 days to do a project. So I'm like, okay, two weeks. That's fine. I'll do it. It's, it's only, you know, it's a small population of what I have to do. It's fine. So uh-huh. the man, my supervisor, he's like, listen, I need you to talk to this, this, and this. It's from his project. They don't have shit to do with my project, but he wants me to talk about it. So I'm like, uh, okay, I guess I will, but you gonna have to come. So <laughs> then, you know, we're talking I gotta talk to them or not me, but I need a supervisor and I need a client relations person to step in and stress the urgency mm-hmm. for doing something. I'm trying to talk without telling the company's business. So right. I need the basically the upper management to step in and be like, listen, you're going to have to do it this way, and if you don't do it our way, you're going to have to do it another way, and if we do it the other way, it's going to be 
an extra charge. Me being who I am, I can't tell them that because that's not my piece. I can't speak to that. So the client relations person, he he, he accepts my meeting invite. He's like, I'll be there. I agree with y'all 100% wholeheartedly. We're going to get this done. We're going to knock it out the park, and we're going to move on. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. dang. So (laughs) two hours before my call, he's like, oh, I can't make it. I just got pulled into the office with the CEO. I need to handle this or the president, whoever this this man is. I was like, okay, here I go. So I go to my (laughs) manager, and I'm like, listen, he said he can't make it. So my expectation is that you're going to be in this meeting to speak to this part and to stress urgency to the client that this is what we need. And she's like, yeah, I'll be there. Don't worry about it. I'm trying to find somebody to take his spot, but if not, I will be there. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm covered. I'm good. My meeting was at 2 o'clock, 155. My supervisor's not there. So I'm like, oh, Lord. I'm like, okay, he's not here. That's all right. My manager says she's coming. I go to her office. She ain't there. Two o'clock comes. I have to log in because I can't cancel it now. I can't cancel the meeting. So I log in to mm-hmm. my little conference call stuff. Everybody dials in. I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. We had a scheduling conflict that just popped up. They had they were pulled into another meeting, and I apologize about this, but we're going to have to reschedule. And I'm looking like an idiot right now, which I hate Aww. looking like an idiot. And I am so mad. Like, I am burning up mad because I don't – that's the one thing I don't like is looking like an idiot. And so right. by the time I hang up with them, they come walking in like, oh, we're so sorry. Uh, we just, we, you know, we just had something to do. We couldn't do it. Did you tell them such and such and such and such? And I said, no. I told them we rescheduled because you guys were supposed to be there to speak directly to this part, and that's not my wheelhouse. Oh, we'll, mm. we'll reschedule. So I got the juice or the tea in the back end. Apparently, they wanted to just throw me on this and have me speak to this stuff without them being there. So they were basically trying to throw me under the bus for this. And I'm so whatever so, you say, if it's wrong or something happens, it comes back, back to on me. You. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I fixed their ass because we mm-hmm. rescheduling it. Listen, so, and don't, I, don't let them try you 2K16. The year I'm ain't not, over. Exactly. I'm not. Like, I'm just, like, today I'm like, I need help. Ain't nobody speaking up, so I'm like, okay, don't all y'all speak at one time. Like, I really need help. My supervisor, I'm like, I'm like talking to him. <laughs> he was standing at my desk. I go to, I'm asking him a question, and he walks off. And I'm like, hey, I know you ain't just walking off on me. <laughs> Everybody's laughing, and I'm like, y'all, seriously, this is not funny. <laughs> listen, Nate, listen. That is hilarious because it, it 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 it's just like the way that it is. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, I have I've I've had some some doozies, but yeah. I think one of the biggest experiences I had was um, I was in a meeting and I was surrounded by all of the head, the senior managers. Mm-hmm. These are the people who get paid the big bucks, right? right. Girl, uh, so I'm sitting here <laughs> waiting for my boss to come, and apparently she had went AWOL. Oh, shit. And I'm in there 
didn't know she wasn't coming, and it was me and another manager, and I'm panicking. So I was just, like, talking to one of our contractors, like, what do I do? And she was like, well, that guy over there, he's a manager. He should be able to – he was like, he's your boss's counterpart. He should be able to fill in. Because I think I was on – I was new to this program. I probably had been there for, like, three or four months or so, Mm -hmm. like – I was fairly new, like, not to be taking on no major speaking roles in front of senior management. Child, all I know is I started the meeting. I kicked it off. I turned it over to the other manager, and then me and him, we made it do what it did. Yes. (laughs) But, you know, I... Honestly, because I had the meeting, it kind of elevated me, so I did benefit from it. Right. But one thing I learned, you know, when you get in those meetings, keep your damn mouth shut as far as don't overpromise, do not overshare. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people are in there just grandstanding. And I've had this happen. Like, I've talked to supervisors and kind of made suggestions or pitched, you know, projects like we should really do this. And mm-hmm. they're like, no. And I'm like, whatever. So then, um, I was sitting in my cubicle, and my manager comes over and was like, yeah, you know the thing we talked about last week? And, you know, you said you wanted to do this, this, this. Like, where is it? And I looked at him like, you said you didn't want to you do it, so no. I didn't follow up on it. But, you know, right. he got up in that meeting, tap dancing, and then just threw it. I was like, well, smart is this, you know, blah, 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 we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I was like, you know what? Fuck all oh. that. <laughs> right. I, it's like no, they. It's like a lot of times, like you have to, you have to definitely be on your toes with them, and um, you can't let them put you in a position where you're going to be looking crazy. You have to right. be honest about what you can and can't do, right. and if that means saying no, we can't do it, that's what you tell them. Ain't right. gonna happen, Captain. But see, that's the problem with my company. They don't do that. They promise. They will promise. They promise these clients, oh, we have an up-to-date interface, it's top of the line, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, we don't. We really don't, though. Like, we're working off this old-ass interface that ain't been updated since God knows when. Like, they won't even, the the people who own it won't even do an update to this because it's, it's, they're not going to use it anymore. So you're lying. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's, uh, it's just, girl, it's so much. It's it's just too much. It's too much. And then on top of that, we so our building, it's we're in a like a a business park type situation, but we're right. we're a one story floor, and so mm-hmm. it's our building. And then beside our building, we have another building that is shared with another company. And then across the street, we have another building that is shared with some other people. So the building beside us, that is our section, got bad bugs. So I'm uh-huh. like, oh, bitch, what the fuck? Ew. On top of that, we had a bomb threat. On top wait of that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There was a, there still... was a fox running around our <laughs> building, and they're saying the fox is friendly. If you don't get the entire fuck out of my face. <laughs> I'm stuck on fucking bed, bed bugs. bugs. Bro, I came <laughs> home today. It wasn't even in my building. I came home today, and I showered with the hottest water that my money bought. I washed my hair. I'm like, 
I feel dirty. And I'm like, and this, this is the thing. It could have been resolved before it got to this point because there was a lady who came into work a couple months ago. And I only know this because my friend works in that building. So she's like, this lady came into work, and she was making fun and laughing and joking at the fact that she got bed bugs. So we all Ew. took her as the HR. It took her to HR. All HR told her was, make sure you clean it up. Make sure you get rid of them. Now, I mean, fast forward. Like, <laughs> technically, fast. what could they say? What were I they don't know. Say? We, need to see, we need to see extermination paperwork or something to that effect. Like, they, she, she should have had to prove that she had taken care of it. So now you fast forward to now, we have a new lady who's been here all of one week. She is sitting in her chair. Mind you, everybody has has leather chairs. Only a select few have cloth chairs because uh-huh. they were getting rid of the cloth chairs. So I have a leather mm-hmm. chair, so I'm good. This lady Look. is sitting in a cloth chair. Ugh, farting <laughs> in it. Ugh, she dirty. Right, she right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and she apparently is allergic to everything. She's a card-carrying member of the EpiPen Club. So mm. she has, she looks down and she got all these bites on her leg. And she's like, what is going on? Look at her chair. There's a bug. So the girl that's training her was like, oh, that's a bed bug. And so Ew. she's like, no, it's not. She's, so she takes the bug, and then she takes it to whoever she took it to, and they confirmed that, yes, it is a bed bug. So she hops out of her chair like, oh, bitch, I'm not sitting in this chair. So the facilities guy comes. He sprays it. All the bugs scatter. Ew. They had to throw the chair. Right. Right. <gasps> So they had to – people went home. They were like, we're not working in this. They sectioned off the area. They come sending us some bullshit emails saying, hey, our annex building has uh, has bed bugs. It's not an infestation. Bitch, yes, it is. Then they say bed bugs disgusting. don't cause disease or sickness. Lie number two. The lies they, <laughs> they tell. only right. They only cause. Uh, they only will bite you, and it may hurt. Um, just if you can stay from that area. We are moving these people. I said, if you move them over here, I am calling OSHA because what's going to happen is that these bugs, which are probably still in the carpet, are going to jump on somebody's pant leg and ride their ass way over here, and then our building is going to be infested. I'm not dealing with it. Yeah, was the, they would be giving me a laptop, and I'll be working from home, and I would be like, I hey, already you know, have I'm ability to work here. from home. I can already. I told him today. I was like, y'all, I'm not coming in tomorrow. I'm letting you know now. I'm stressed. I can't. I can't work like this. I, I just can't do not, it. Oh, see, no, girl, I'm scratching right now because right. That is not. That is unacceptable. Because it is. like. Girl, when my daughter came home, Tom about two kids at um her before and after um care had ringworms. I told her oh, lawyer, I said, if I catch you hanging around them kids, I'm gonna whoop your ass. I right. said, stay don't away from me. And right. she was like, oh, no, I don't talk to them because she was like, one of them got it in his head. I said, did you see what that ringworm did to his head? She was like, he don't got no hair there. I was like, exactly. Yep. That's I had it when I was a kid. When I was a little kid, apparently the story is I was playing in some dirt. Some dog had pissed in the dirt or some shit. Ew. And I got it all in my hair, and they had to cut all my hair off. 
Oh, no. The only time, I've only had a ringworm one time in my life, and I was 16 years old. It was my one and only ringworm, and I caught it because I was working at a daycare, and one of the little kids had a ringworm, and it was on my forearm. And I will never forget, like, I cried because I was like, I have a ringworm. I never had a ringworm. And I was like, you're going to get in my hair. I want (laughs) to do my hair. But thank God, it just stayed on my arm. But, yeah. oh, my God, I was like, I can't. And I told my daughter, I was like, if you bring home a ringworm, you're going to be on punishment. I'm going to punish you for that. <laughs> and no TV, no more TV, Mm-mm, all of that. I told the girl, this, you are responsible for this one. Don't you bring home no goddamn ringworm. <laughs> Lord, I think I would thank her if she brought home life. I'm like, it's your fault. Well, she can't bring home life. <laughs> she can't, no. I'm like, girl, you are not feel like I drop her off at camp, and they do life inspections, and I just sit there yeah. and look at them like, uh, I don't even know, like, low-key, I shade them for trying to inspect the black kids' hair, but I'll be like, right. you know, like, all like, I know you got to do it because, you know, equal opportunity and what have you, but you're barking up the wrong tree. Right, I just like, mm, go on and look because her scalp clean, child. <laughs> right. But sometimes people at work be coming in like, oh, my kids have lice. And I'll be wanting to spray them. Like, yes, I mean, people are so Stay nasty. Home. And I like, find that it's of the home. non-melanated variety that do this. Listen, listen. I'll never forget this one man came to work with strep throat and to this day, if I see him, I'm going to square up with his ass because I sure enough had strep throat. And I was just looking at him like, motherfucker, go home. I will say oh, I'm guilty of coming to work sick. I, I come you know to work. Where? Like, I had pneumonia twice, and Jesus. I came to work. I had bronchitis twice. I had you pneumonia, bronchitis, and sinusitis. Because you know what? I got to get this work done. Y'all pay me uh-uh. to get this work done. I have sick leave, and I got I'm that the too. first one. But I'm not, but I'm not using my personal time to be sick. That doesn't, you know what? Let me be sick. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, I'm going. I'm not coming in. I am sick. I will telework. <laughs> I will give you a couple my hours time on the computer. Is my mental health days. Like that's when I'm like fed up with their bullshit. So I'm like, you know what? I'm sick today. That's my mental health. Oh, that's why I'm just like, I ain't coming in. I mean, I've called, I've called my boss and be like, I'm taking a, a mental health day. Like, I'm stressed. I need a rest. And, yeah. you know, normally she'll just be like, oh, just telework, call in or whatever. And I'm like, okay, great. But for the most part, girl, if I'm sick, no, I ain't coming up in there. No. Yeah, I mean, no. I get that from my dad, though. Like, I, he don't, like, I've never seen him take off because he was sick. And so I just always went to work. Listen, you're not going to get a medal. You know what I'm saying? And I know. Thank you for that shit. Because, I know, but listen, my work gonna pile up. Like the work gotta come get to the done. Office, girl, come to the office and drop dead. Try it and see how that work still get done. <laughs> oh no! Put you to the side, you, like, uh, can y'all take over her projects, please? <laughs> listen, you lucky. I'm not your supervisor because I'd be like, girl, go home. I was like, I wrote you up. I'm like, she keeps bringing. What the hell? I saw OSHA on you. I'm like, she keeps bringing. Who is there? <laughs> Then I'm like, girl, go home. And you cough and hack and be pneumonia and bronchial, yes. bronchial at home, girl. At home with some tea and a toddy. But no, <laughs> bring that up here, child. My job don't care. They just, listen, they just want the work done. When we lost power and we didn't have, um, and it was flooded and stuff, 
that mm-hmm. it was still BAU, and my supervisor made sure to text me and said, you coming to work, right? If not, can you log in from home? Child, <laughs> like, I logged just, in from home. Like, see, that's one thing I didn't I have no power. Do. I had to come to work. I didn't have no power. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have came. Well, technically, I, if I didn't have power, I would have went I to went work. To, yeah, I went if to I work. I could charge up home. all my electronics. Girl, I would have been in work watching TV all day on my own cell phones and my <laughs> tablets. I would child, please. I legit. Would, I, I, mean, I was like, it's a benefit. It's a benefit to the power being on at work. I can get all this you stuff know, charged up. I can use the microwave. You know, I, this this is a good thing. This is really true, 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 true. <laughs> but, girl, are we going to have another fucked up fest or are we going to get it? <laughs> No, we can get into it. Because <laughs> did nobody really get me fucked up this week or whatever? Yeah. Um, I've been pretty mellow for the most That's part. good. Yeah, I, it's time. It's time I'm a relaxed, relate, released, or whatever. You deserve. I deserve. You're right, honey. <laughs> I do. I do. But, girl, we... My stress came from watching these goddamn documentaries <sighs> and trying to avoid this presidential debate, girl. I just I, I didn't watch the debate. I didn't watch it because I knew he was gonna say something stupid. Listen, <sighs> I knew so they now, were gonna cover it. Late term abortion is a thing. I, I, is it? Well, apparently he's saying you can get an abortion at 39 weeks. But I'm like, what kind of animal does that? Like, but that's a human know. being at that point. A full-fledged human being, but right. you don't get an abortion that late. No doctor in their right mind will, first of all, do it. Nine times out of ten, you know, if that's, you know, what's happening, it's because the baby has died or, you know, right. it's, it's, the baby will be fatal is abortion yeah, the procedure or the reasons behind it is way different. And, I mean, again, right. the fact that this is something that we have people with no motherfucking uteruses discussing right. is just, just you know, no. My thing is this. Here's my whole thing. You don't even have to have a uterus. Just the fact that you have a body and you're going to try to tell me how to handle my body but I can't tell you how to handle yours is an issue. Like, mm-hmm. I'm my own person. Like, you are not in charge of me. I do what I want. It's not causing anyone else any harm. You're not going to pay for it. You're not going to take care of it. It's all me. Mm-hmm. So who are you to tell me that I can't make decisions that benefit me? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I, I, mm-hmm. I've never understood it. Like, why are y'all? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. My thing is, and this is what I'll, I'll listen. First and foremost, I think that if a man gets a woman pregnant by law, he has to marry her, and we will see so many men being so responsible, it won't even be funny. Yeah, or he'll I just think marry should, them all. Right. I think we should impose some of these rules on these men that they impose on us. Right. <laughs> and I, they will look I, at us crazy. Yes. Huh. Uh-huh. And, and it's like they try to wrap it up in all this morality, but it's like there's no morality in it. At all. Absolutely. You just, you just want to, you're being misogynistic, and you just, you want to police women in their bodies. That's all it is. Right, because when we are stuck raising kids, we're not advancing in other areas. 
and that's pretty much it. If a woman chooses to not have a child, she can do whatever the f- she wants with her life. Right. But, you know, once you have a baby, you know, there is that pause. Like, you will push it on hold, and that's legit. That's real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to be a mom. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a father. No, you don't have to be a father, and that's made obvious because of all these deadbeats that just walk <laughs> away from their kids or don't pay their child support. Mm-hmm. There know, are a lot of women who are deadbeats, too. But yes, they don't. It's like a lot of people don't really. Uh, there are a lot of women who have dropped their kids off at the daycare and never came back, or dropped their kids off with their fathers and never came back. Mm-hmm. And it happens. But, but you know what, men, though? I appreciate those type of women and those type of. Okay, here's the type of deadbeat that I appreciate. Okay. If I come to you. When you're pregnant and I'm like, hey, listen, I don't, I don't want a kid. I don't want to have, I don't want to have to go through this. So, you know, I can help you terminate, or you can raise the kid on your own. But just know that I'm not going to be there. That's the type of person I appreciate because they're letting you know off the rip, I'm not going to be there. You're in this for yourself. But don't mm-hmm. string me along like you're going to be there and you go missing eight months into the pregnancy pop up two years later, then go missing at five, then send a little $50 here and there, that is the worst kind of deadbeat ever. Tell me Mm -hmm. from Jump Street that you have no intentions on being in this child's life. don't come back. Yeah, and let me just, let me do this by myself. Because I can't deal with the emotions, especially my emotions and then the child's emotions of why don't daddy ever come here? Why don't daddy ever call me? Why don't daddy do this? Why did he say he was coming, but he's not here? It's too mm-hmm. much. That is too much. Uh, and let me tell you, don't nobody got time for that. No. <laughs> don't not nobody got time for that. And you know what? The worst kind of deadbeat is the kind that live with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. I was talking to um, one of my girlfriends, and she was saying, like, you know, she was stressing about something, and I was just like, girl, your baby daddy's sitting, like, right there, telling him to get his ass up and do it, and she looked at me, and I was like, what? Like, the nigga's sitting right there, like, telling him to get right. Child, apparently, she looked at me like, bitch, like, and I was like, yeah, that's your fault, because that motherfucker would be living up in here, not right. raising his motherfucking kids, but right. that would drive me fucking crazy to yeah. have somebody in the same house with me. And they just sitting there like a bump on log. Oh, it's like you got more than one kid at that point. And that's how it be. And I just, no, I cannot. I refuse. I cannot do it. It's just, it's absolutely crazy. I, I'm not. That's why I was like, you know, if I have to stay single, that's just what we're going to do. It's not bad. But it's not a bad thing. It's not that bad. It's really not. I mean, your baby oh cold sometimes, but, you know, get a dog. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) We will deal. There there are options. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) My goodness. So, honey, Mm -hmm. I've been getting my Netflix on or whatever. Yes. And I watched the Ava DuVernay documentary. Titled I mean, it was 13. not, um, it was a mindfuck, right? 
it was beyond a mind fuck. Like it was it was hard because this is the stuff that we know. Mm-hmm. It's like what we know. Well but the way it was laid out what you watch it what? Like, I didn't okay, so at first like I was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna watch thirteen, I'm gonna watch thirteen, I'm gonna watch thirteen. And so then it comes on, no one had even started talking yet, but I'm like, Oh fuck, the thirteenth amendment And mm-hmm. then they start going into you know, like everybody is is free except for criminals. In prison. Yep. Right. And I'm like, Oh fuck And that I think that's when it hit me. Like, even before, like, at that point, I had to stop it because I'm just like, I ain't even got into this 10 minutes yet, and I'm already, like, I'm fucked with. Like, I'm just, all that is going on makes sense. The fact that we're being targeted, the fact that we're, you know, imprisoned, it all makes sense to me at that point, and I never understood why. I just thought it was some white, racist white people who became cops. Now I got no. it. It's systematic. Yes. It is systematic. And that's the part that you that I think frustrates a lot of African Americans when we try to talk about mm-hmm. race is that you try to explain that this is systematic and it's enforced through policy and laws. And mm-hmm. white people are just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like you don't see how they use the media to mm-hmm. market black destruction. We mm-hmm. are marketed as uncontrollable, out of control, super wild, predator. crazy, super, like that part of it really I, I saw that come way. out of Hillary's mouth, I was like, oh, bitch. Because, you know what, and this is the thing, this is the part that fucked with me the most, was they were just saying, like, when they talked about how when crack happened, how Everyone was saying we need more police, we need more mm-hmm. um, heavy laws and stuff. And how many African Americans supported it? Right. And you see, Representative Charlie Rangel, and it's like you know what? And that's the thing, you know. I started paying attention to that. Um, yeah. I think maybe about in the last, over the last ten years. Um, whenever you talk, whenever I, like I watch real time with Bill Maher, I used to, I had to stop mm-hmm. watching him cause he, he's a cracker. Fuck him. <laughs> but, um, I would listen to them talk about like, okay, this is the issue. Like, what do we do? And the congressmen and representatives who would be on his show, would be like, well, we need more police. You need law enforcement. And I'm like, no, we need rehab. We need mm-hmm. programs. We need mm-hmm. social programs. And yep. that is pretty much the main issue. When they defunded all of those social programs mm-hmm. that were usually there for people, if you use it, you can really get a step up. Right. But when you go through that cycle of law enforcement, you have to pay for a lawyer, the bail bonds. You have to. Right. Like, it's just a money drain. And, and you, you can't afford cannot... it, so you sit in jail. Exactly. And um, even some of the, the, the laws, like we do that, you know, marijuana used to be a felony and they mm-hmm. were locking people up. But once they realized that the majority of the people mm-hmm. they were locking up were white males, mm-hmm. not only did they reduce it from a felony to a misdemeanor, they let them out of jail. Yeah. And but now they're trying to find a way to capitalize off of it. Right. 
but they're still locking black and brown people up for having mar- for marijuana possession and giving yeah. them like crack numbers. Prime example is that lady in uh, Colorado who quit her job mm-hmm. and opened a dispensary. And, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry, it was Alaska. Alaska. They're trying to give her like 50 years. And I'm like. Where it's legal. It's legal mm-hmm. in Alaska. But they are charging her, and she is facing jail time for this, for something that's legal. Exactly. That just makes exactly. no sense to me. And the thing, the they mentioned it, they were like, the hard part was like they can't believe how many African Americans have bought into the scary black African Americans. Right. Because of what you see on the news. And a lot of that really is just internalized hate. Mm-hmm. I call it self-hate. Mm-hmm. When you see a black person and they don't look, quote, unquote, you know, on the up and up. They look like a nigga. Mm-hmm. You know, how many black people are real quick to look at them and just say, oh, they're nothing or, you know, they're nobody. You know, without even really just looking at that black man as a black man. Like, that's your brother. Right. That's your sister. Right. Like I we're conditioned through, that way. We're conditioned to look at each other and 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 hate what we see mm-hmm. because that's all the news tells you. You know what I mean? And it was it was just a lot about that. That um, by the time they got to Trayvon, I was done for. Yeah, I, I was really done for because he murdered that boy. It's something about Trayvon and Mark Brown. Like for me, the modern day Black Lives Matters as we know it started with the Gina Six in my mind mm-hmm. because I remember wearing all black because they were like, you know, they're finally we're getting the, those boys at trial. Like it was down in Louisiana, Gina, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And those boys were harassed and, you know, threatened and dealt with a lot of racial prejudice. And so the white boys who were bothering them, they finally had enough, and they beat his ass. Right. So they're going to charge the six black boys with attempted murder. Mind you, that white boy has been harassing them all year, throwing nooses at them and calling them all kinds of names, and they did nothing to him. But when they retaliate, oh, they're going to be charged with attempted murder, and it was all six of them on trial. And I With remember, a deadly weapon, right? Deadly weapon being a shoe. Right, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, like I said, small town USA, that, those are the black people I fear for the most because right. the judges and everybody, they can openly be racist at the local and state level because really, you know, when you're in those kinds of towns, who's going to stop you? Right. And that judge, you know, he was racist in town. He was saying, like, yeah, I'm going to put all these niggas in jail. Like, fuck with the law say, this is my town. And it's like, for me, I remember they were saying, you know, they were like, we're going to, black people, we're all black, you know, to show their, our solidarity. And I remember standing in the metro and looking around and just seeing all black. Yeah. And it was ever since then, and then after that, then there was Trayvon. And it was like, with Trayvon, it was like, this has got to stop. Because if you listen to, there were a lot of um, those radio people, those talk radio white guys like Rush Limbaugh, Mm-hmm. There are dozens of Rush Limbaugh's out there, and they were yeah. talking about, yeah, they're animals. If you see them, these thugs, you got to shoot them and kill them. And they've been spouting this over these AM airwaves for years. And then you see George Zimmerman, which in my mind was like, he's like the, um, is it amalgamation? Is that the right word? Of like all that, 
that hate speech that's out there. The epitome? With, you know, not the epitome, but it's like the, the it's like you, it's the culmination of it all. Like okay. you have people like Rush Limbaugh and there are other, and I forget the names of the other ones because I don't, I don't listen to them, but Rush Limbaugh is like the main one. But people listen to that and they talk about black people and they talk about this stuff. And, and it's like these people are fucking insane in my opinion. Yeah. But they're allowed to operate because they're white. Like to mm-hmm. me, these Trump supporters are insane. You can be really a, dumb. Right. You cannot be a rational thinking person and support this man. Like, even George Bush Sr. And, 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 and that also fucked me up because I remember when George Bush Sr. ran for president, and I remember I was pro-George Bush because I watched the debate. Yeah. And they asked Michael Dukakis, they said, if your wife was raped and murdered, would you be in favor of the death penalty? And he was like, no. After, he's like, I would not. But George Bush came and was like, yes, absolutely. He didn't blink an eye like, yep, I'd fry that bitch. And I remember thinking to myself, like, well, you know, if something happened to me, you know, I want my daddy to go out and shoot that person. Or, you know, like, and in my, yeah. like, at the time I was like 10, oh, was I like 10 or 11? So mm-hmm. in my mind, I was just thinking like, yeah, he's tough. He's, yeah. And my mom and dad were like, girl, no. Right. <laughs> they were pro-Dukakis, but I was happy that Bush Sr. was elected. But then in retrospect, I'm like, damn, I did get right. caught up on that law and order shit. Yeah. Because here's a, pres- here's a man saying like, no, nah, if some man rapes and murders my wife, he's going to get stuff to me. He's like, I'm proud of some bitch. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm like, yeah, that's what, you know. That's some dirty but you don't see that they're they're really saying if a black person does it. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. they're gonna find a black person mm-hmm. and say they did it. It's rosewood all over again. Yeah, and they talked about lynching, and I'm like, that's something that we need to start bringing back up. How common you, lynching was. How calming it was. Common. Oh, common. I'm common. like, where are you going with this? No, 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 no. <laughs> Calm, girl. To be like, bitch, we need to end this call, <laughs> nigga. I know. Listen, I didn't know where you was going. I thought you said lynching was calming. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> Even if I did say calming, you're supposed to trust my. Par- you're supposed to trust the process. I'm your partner, okay? We're doing this together. <laughs> no, I can't. Like, I can't rock with that. <laughs> I would co-sign many of things. If if you push the bitch and that bitch was like, you pushed her and you said you ain't push her, I'd be like, nah, she ain't push you. I don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about, but she ain't push you. I got mm-hmm. you. But you're talking yeah. about, like, lynching? I, I can't. <laughs> girl, girl, no. It was very common. Like, lynching happened so often. Yes. They would, they were, they would make postcards out of it. Ugh. And they people would take souvenirs. And a lot of people, like, you remember, I think this was, like, Hotep lore, but they were saying, like, niggas don't say picnic because, you know, technically it was pick a nigga and lynch him. And, yeah. you know, he, I believe it. Cause technically I believe it, too. That's legit how that shit happened. And, yes, they would bring a snack to sit and watch the nigger die. Right. And this was, and it's like, no, let's talk about the depravity of white people and how depraved those motherfuckers were. Right. Are. Or to look at something like that and just not think shit about it. It's crazy. It is. And 
I mean, just all of it. It's stuff that I knew because I talked to my elders. Um, my grandmother was born in 1918. Mm-hmm. So I got the full Jim Crow rundown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I held the hands of people who held the hands of slaves. It wasn't that fucking far that long ago. Mm-hmm. The way they try to make it seem. And because of segregation, you know, I remember growing up and trying to do and having to do things or join organizations. I'm like, well, why I got to do this? My mother's like, because when I was coming up, we weren't allowed to do this kind of stuff. So she made it a point to make sure that I was going to do it just because right. she couldn't. And it would be like, Lord have mercy. But now that I'm older, I appreciate it because yeah. having experienced some of the prejudice that they've discussed, that they discussed when I was growing up. Like when I was a little girl, I thought they were angry and they hated white people and they were just mean. But no, yeah. they grew they grew up with the real awful white people. Yes. So my grandma, she was born in fifty two, but she can't stand mm-hmm. white people. And mm-hmm. I was just I just always thought because I had this conversation a couple of days. Actually I had it when I was watching thirteen and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm this wokeness that people see in me Mm-hmm. It's just like it just started a few years ago. I wasn't always this mm-hmm. woke because nobody ever told me anything. I only knew mm-hmm. from what I picked up in school or read in the mm-hmm. book, and I didn't read that many books about it because it just nobody talked about it. I knew more about the Holocaust and was an avid reader on the Holocaust but knew mm-hmm. shit about my own culture. But all I knew was that my grandma was black and didn't like white folks. I knew that her mama mm-hmm. was half white, but she didn't like white folks. She couldn't stand crackers. And that's what she said. I can't stand no motherfucking crackers. She said it every mm-hmm. single chance. And I never, yep. I just, I'm just like, why does this lady not like white people? And now I just see because they're evil. They're just, I'm a hashtag not all white people, okay? Mm-hmm. But I was just. Uh, in her not, experience and where she came up when she had to sit in the back of the bus, them mm-hmm. motherfuckers weren't your friends. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, right. for my grandmother, you know, they were sharecroppers. Mm-hmm. And I remember her saying, like, oh, so-and-so, that's a good white man, that's a decent white man. Mm-hmm. You know, she could identify, like, she went, but I didn't realize what she was saying was, he, if we did the work on the land, he paid us. Right. He didn't steal from us. He didn't right. make us do all the work and leave us with nothing, and we starve all winter. Right. That's legit where it's where it was coming from. Like, and she was a domestic, mm-hmm. so you know, I remember um, they would, her and a couple ladies, they would all get in, like one of one of the ladies, Miss um, Miss, um, she's passed on. Bless her heart. These ladies were old school, honey. These ladies are old. Like, they're still alive today. They're in their 90s. These ladies are old, and I love them dearly because they would talk about how they would go to work, and maybe four or five of them together. And you'd be like, well, how can they got to go together? Like, they in his carpool. And no, they were doing that to protect themselves from sexual Mm -hmm. assault Mm -hmm. because not only could any old white man snatch you up and do whatever he wanted to you, the white police officer. If you call the police, he'll come and do the exact same thing to you after that white man finishes with you. But that was always taught to me. That was one thing that was always taught to me. Um, My my dad, 
you know, grew up in D.C., and he used to hang out in Northwest, and anybody that knows about D.C. and Northwest back in the 60s and 70s, they were very Afrocentric. So he, you know, learned about himself. My mother wasn't as Afrocentric. She just knew how to play the game. Yeah. And would just tell us her experiences, but she would make sure that, you know, I'm dealing with these white folks, so you don't have to. Like, she would tell me when I get on the job, don't let them make you a secretary. Right. And that's something that I've had to fight in my professional career. Like, I go to a meeting, they're like, oh, well, um, we need someone to take notes. And then everyone starts looking around, all of a sudden, all the eyes follow me. And I look at them, I'm like, no, I'm not. That's the thing, too, at my job, because so the supervisors have – their their monthly deliverables, their MVRs, and mm-hmm. um, they this the our particular supervisor gives it out to not me, but he gives it out to the other people on my team. And I'm like, why are y'all mm-hmm. doing that? Why are y'all doing his MVR? Well, he he gives it to us to do. He tells us to do it so that he. And I'm like, no, that's not your job. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. If he gives it to me, I'm not doing it because I'm not his secretary. That's not yep. your your place to do that. And if you keep doing it, he's going to keep giving it to you. And I told y'all he was a Trump supporter. So mm-hmm. that's oh, fuck and then, oh, and how about this? How about See, I hate to go back to my work, but <laughs> it's <laughs> me, me, the the All Lives Matter uh, lady who is from Jordan, and then there's my other friend who is a black lady, or well, she's mm-hmm. she's biracial, and um, it's us three, right, the colored, mm-hmm. and then we have the new lady who is white, and how he has taken on to this white lady dearly, just, I mean, he decided he was going to train her personally. He talks to her. He's engaged with her. But when he talks to us, he walks away mid-conversation. Let me tell you something. I've seen, okay, so I was in a program, and I was very happy to be in this program because, I was going to make my bones in this program, and I was going to move up. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting at the table, and I am the only black person. And, I, and that's another thing. I've been in many a time where I've been at work and been a fly in the buttermilk. Yes. You know what they say about the fly in the buttermilk? Shoe, fly, shoe. Because <laughs> I'm the only black spot in all this white, right? We're going right. to fly in the buttermilk. So, um, and I'll never forget my auntie said that because my cousin married this white boy. So she took a picture with the family and she said, mm, look at her sitting over there looking like a fly in a buttermilk. I'm like, Lord bless her heart. I miss her. May she rest in peace. But um, I'm sitting at the table and we're getting to my project. And I remember this project was extremely difficult. I don't know if I told this story before. Yeah, you had the, yeah. Oh, I did. The quagmire. Well, you asked why couldn't it be a quagmire, but they called yeah. it a tar baby. Girl, yes. Okay, I told mm-hmm. the story, so I'm not going to get back into it. But, um, no, it, and I've had um, white women on my job walk up to me and ask me how was I qualified for my job. Oh, my God. Um, I've had white people walk up to me and ask me was I a contractor. When I told them no, I was a fed, they would just look all befuddled, like, what? And, um, yeah, it just, it, 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 it's, it's, it's there. And, um, it's a lot of the stuff, unfortunately, is for me, I felt prepared because my mother would talk to me about it. Yeah. 
And she would talk about the white women on her job who were unqualified and got promoted. Mind you, she's taken 50 training classes just to even, you know, pick up an application. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's, and, and that's like the whole, that's what baffles, not baffles me, but it makes me so upset because, like, um, so I, I'm going to call her All Lives Matter. That's her nickname from here on out. So mm-hmm. she uh, she has two degrees, um, mm-hmm. and she used to work at the uh, the embassy. And she worked for banks, and she has a lot of experience. She has, uh, you know, tons of experience, tons of education, and mm-hmm. she knows the job to the point where the supervisor comes to her because he doesn't know the job. He doesn't even come from our industry. Neither does the manager. Those two mm-hmm. are friends. Um, and they have no idea. Like, I have more knowledge about the industry, and I'm only 31. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, right. us combined could – her by herself could run our team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With all – with her, myself, and the other uh, – biracial lady, (laughs) the other colored (laughs) on the team. (laughs) With all three of us, we make a freaking super team. And so, but they had the nerve to tell her, with all the experience and education and knowledge that she has, they told her she wasn't managerial material. She's not supervising Mm -hmm. material. She's not qualified. And I'm like, if that's the case, why is she your team lead? And why do you constantly come to her for the answers? She's not out here, like, Yes, yeah, she she need to work on her, you know, interpersonal skills. But other than that, there is no reason why she can't run a team successfully. But because she's she a brown is. woman going through right. that, and she's still all lives matter. Fuck her. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> she might have been know. a bad example, but I get it, girl. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Take I'm take away the all lives matter stuff. Like take mm-hmm. take that away. She still got a strike, <laughs> but just act like it ain't been there. <laughs> 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 It's still fuck her season, but <laughs> but all this shit has happened to her, and this nigga, like the supervisor, can't even write. And when I'm telling you he can't write, I'm not being facetious. Listen, I've seen some, I've seen people who are so unqualified for the job that they sunk the whole program. Yeah. And got away and with it. Ha- that's what's happening right now. And got away with it. I mean, it's scary how unqualified you can be. How you don't legit don't have to know a goddamn thing. But mm-hmm. they will, if you're a minority, they will ask you 50 million questions. And that's the other thing, you know, that I kind of got burnt out from working is because it seemed like every time I went to a new program, I constantly had to prove myself over and over yeah. and over again. They asked me a question, I tell them the answer, and they're like, well, are you sure? And then I would look at them and be like, yes. well, are you? Because if you're not fucking sure, why the fuck are you questioning me? Like, why? Right. I'm like, it's like you second guess yourself because you're like, well, damn, am I right? It's like, I know what I'm talking about. Like, I knew it before. I know how to do it. I did it. I mean, I had one supervisor. Mind you, she never did this stuff before, ever. But she was questioning me. And so I just looked at her. I was like, well, have you ever done it? And she was like, well, no. And I was like, well, girl, well, how do you know what I'm telling you? Right. Why are you, like, what's happening? I don't know. My own supervisor. 
supervisor, so I still have to work directly with my other team that I was on, so the other position I was with. So mm-hmm. we were all in in a meeting, and we were going over our inbound report. And so it had some numbers in it. Um, now, some background. My old supervisor used to be one of the trainers at the, at our job, at our company. So she's very knowledgeable about a lot of stuff. And so we're going, we're in this Excel report, and they have these, our projects grouped by month, and then there's, you know, the expected volume in that month, and they have it um, separated, and the sum total of that month is in the separation. I hope that makes sense. So mm-hmm. the manager is like, well, you guys got to stop filtering like this. It's messing up. It's messing up the spreadsheet, blah, blah, blah. And so my, my, my old supervisor was like, well, you know, actually what's messing up the the report is the fact that you guys have the sum splitting off this report. So when you go to filter, it actually doesn't filter in the order that it's supposed to. And so my manager was like, no, that that's not right. That can't be it. And so my supervisor was like, well, you know, I only taught Excel for 20 years, but, you know, if, if you say it's not right, then, okay, it's, it's not right. But, you know, I, I literally taught this for 20 years. So, you know, mm-hmm. we can keep it, but I talked yeah, you know years. it's some bullshit where you still got to do everything by spreadsheet, but go ahead. That's a whole other story. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, we got we got to have spreadsheets for this. Like, it's just, it's, it, we just have to. And then uh, the freaking, I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, why can't, <laughs> I was like, why can't they just highlight the whole column if they need to know how much it is in total? Mm-hmm. And so my supervisor Listen. looks at me and she's like, Sherry, stop trying to make sense, okay? <laughs> I'm Listen. just like, they can't add numbers? <laughs> no, it's too much like right. It's just too much. And you know, and I really didn't want this to be another, but we're trying to put it in context. But it ties in. But it's, 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 you're, you're looking at how it. For uh, for me, my experience carries over into the workplace because that's yeah. where my most, the majority, if not all, of my interactions with right. white people is. It's at work. Right. Yep. I mean, they're not in my community where I live or line. I've got about five people in my circle who are white. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. <laughs> yeah. But it's at work. But it's like you see, in a way, just the way the attitudes are formed and shaped mm-hmm. and it all stems back to, for me, as far as I'm concerned, it's self-preservation. Yeah. They know it's – you can't tell me that they don't know it's wrong, like what's right. happening is wrong. They know it's wrong. They know it's wrong. It's like they're not – like they're not going to do anything about it because, I mean, the reality, if we talk about reparations for African Americans, the reality – they might yeah. just hand over the whole country because all that wealth, there were cor- companies and we corporations. There were corporations who used to insure slave ships that are insuring your car and your home. And that, so that goes back to 13th because there is this um, ALEC, American Legislative, yep. uh, Legislative mm-hmm. of Something Committee, Executive mm-hmm. Committee. Mm-hmm. So... Basically, ALEC is made up of lawmakers and corporations, corporations being Walmart, State Farm, Allstate, mm-hmm. Verizon, AT&T. Mm-hmm. And, I'm like, and so basically what they can do is they can propose laws 
present them to lawmakers, and then the lawmakers go and vote on them. Mm-hmm. And they become they bills. They write them, too. Hmm. Yes. They write them, too. They can write them, yes. Corporations can write. Like, are you serious? Do, you, uh, do y'all understand? When I heard that, I was like, we have been set up to fail from the beginning. When you, There is nowhere that you can turn to that is safe. But and see, what do you do? Thing. How do you fight that? But the thing is, this is what is what I've known all along is that cash is king. You yes. are talking about millions and millions and trillions of dollars. Like, who can really fight that? Right. And that's the point. It's like you, you look at lower class white people and you see how they've been convinced to vote against their interests. But they mm-hmm. will sit and turn and point the finger and say, oh, well, the housing market collapsed because blacks were bought houses they could afford. No, black people could afford to buy houses, but they gave them fucked up loans. Right, right. And it's like they're okay Or they steered them to uh, neighborhoods that were, the, the the value of the homes were less or, you know. Right. It's just, they, it's already, it's been proven that neighborhoods that are uh, are mostly people of color have lower property values. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, it's, you you look at this, and it's like, how do people not see this? How did they not know this? And I'm, I really right. believe it's because they don't want to know. Which, sad. yeah, it kind of leads to an article I read um, at a school in Oklahoma. Let me pull this shit up so, girl, I can know what I'm talking about or whatever. But um, they were talking about... Um, Hold on, let me just pull it up. But anyway, while I'm pulling this up, you know, um, it just, by the time I they got to Ferguson, and this is also another thing, like, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this to the day I die. Mike Brown was college-bound. I don't believe what they oh, said yeah. about Mike Brown. His that mama fought hard to, to get him where he was. When yeah. she said that, Oh, my God. Well, she was like, mm-hmm. do you know how hard I work? That's when my heart really went out to her as a mm-hmm. mother. And I just was like, you know what, I will never let this little boy's memory fade into the background because yeah. she's right. Like, she was like, no, I'm working hard to do right with my child. And you just going to kill him for what? Because he's walking in the street. And I believe he was walking in the street, minding his business with his friend. The police mm-hmm. came by and said something slick to him. And he said something slick back. And the cop jumped out and shot him like a fucking asshole. Yeah. I when they showed the videos of uh, Eric Gardner, they showed the video mm. of Tamir Rice, they showed the video Oscar. of Oscar Grant, they showed the one of, um, oh, uh, wasn't Philando, who who was the the one his wife uh, went on Facebook That was Philando, I think. That wasn't Philando? They the showed that video. in the car? That was Philando, yes. but the guy before where he, I can't remember his name, but he was like. Al- Alton Sterling. Girl. Alton Sterling was before. Alton Sterling is when I had my breakdown. And then right after Alton Sterling was Philando Castillo. Right. But no, in the documentary, I can't remember. I think this was in like either Milwaukee or St. Louis, somewhere in that area, um, that region. But the guy, he was he wasn't doing anything. The cop just was like, Don't move, don't move. He was like, What? And he just shot him. 
Right. Call and, shot him. and then the boy Laquan McDonald in Chicago, where mm-hmm. the Burger King had to release the film and show the police just shoot him in the street after he was walking away. Yeah. Like, all of that, it brought it all back. And I'm like, this is why I don't look at this. This is too much. Right. It's just too much. And um, that was hard. It was very hard. Like, I, I told you, I had to, I took three breaks. Because it was so much to consume. And you see Donald Trump sit here talking his shit. I want him to just, I just want him just, if we ever, if, if ever there's a white man that's going to be lynched and hung from a tree, I, I would want it to be Donald Trump. I would want him to be publicly beaten. the worst human being ever. And the fact that I just, I feel like these poor white people that are following him think that somehow, some way, Donald Trump being the president is going to cause them to come up, and that's not the case. Because guess like what, Donald not. Trump, Donald Trump don't pay taxes, so he's not gonna vote for you to pay less taxes. He's gonna make it so that you pay more, which the middle class already pays more taxes. Then I just don't, I don't get it. I just look at them like you're, you're poor and you're dumb, and you just just don't understand what you're doing right now. You don't understand the decision that you're making is about to put us, it's about to throw us into some bullshit. That's all it can be. It's bullshit. It's a clusterfuck. It is, and I don't believe it's gonna happen. But I don't in the event that it did, oh, uh, like I said before, I'm just gonna sit back and watch. Y'all can run. I'm telling y'all now, you white people can run up if you want to. You're going to get dealt Please. with. I, I wish a crack of wood run up on me at the voting poll. It's going to be a brawl for it all. And I'm just wait. I'm waiting for that to go down. Cause you know you're going to try it. Log into my Facebook Live. But see, that's the thing. They're going to try it out where they live. They're not going to come to our community and try that shit. Oh, I want, mm-hmm. I want them to. I'm a whoop a nigga. I'm whooping the ass. But I anyway, have to vote in my area, in, in my community, and so mm-hmm. I told you that, I think I told you that, so the school is in the neighborhood, so mm-hmm. uh, and, and <laughs> it's in the middle of the neighborhood, so you have all these houses around it, and then I'm up front with the apartments. So in the house area, they have, when it was, everybody was campaigning, they had all these Trump signs and stuff, and that's where we're voting at. I just I want y'all to try it. I'm taking all of my IDs because what you won't say is that I don't have proper ID. I made sure I stood up today. I was like, um, uh, make sure y'all address is good. Make sure y'all have y'all IDs. Make sure you have your voter registration card. Whatever you need, you need to go out there and vote. And then my friend told me they actually extended the voter registration date to I think the 21st or the 28th mm-hmm. so that um, – people can go and get their stuff taken care of because Monday was the last day and the website kept crashing. So mm-hmm. y'all make sure y'all have y'all stuff so y'all can go to these voting polls. Amen. Make sure you do it. I am registered. Um, I am not committing voter fraud because I am registered in the county that I live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, the good thing is that the pollsters where I am, they are asking, it's a good mix. They are white and black, but the majority of them are older black people. So mm-hmm. I feel comfortable and I feel safe leaving my votes in their capable hands. 
That's a little shit. It's what? I said, on my side, I feel like it's going to be some shit. Oh, girl. Carry your mace, honey, in a, in a okay. stick. It's Just, all right. I'm going to have hot sauce in my bag, girl. Listen, whoop everybody's ass. <laughs> I want to see you on the news. You open up a can of whoop ass on every goddamn body. I come that down woman there, goes wild at voting polls. <laughs> I come down there and bail you out. I got your back, sis. Okay. I look at all my own recognizances. I've never been in jail. <laughs> never had a criminal incident. <laughs> oh, MG, because if I I am to... not a threat to my community. I am not a flight risk. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even got a passport. Like, yes, Exactly. I don't have one yet. So I'm good. I'm bored. <laughs> All right, child, you good, but still, if I got to come down there, just let me know. You, you got the number. <laughs> <All right>. So <laughs> um, this, I, I ran across this article, and I shared this with you, and we said we were going to talk about it tonight. Yeah. Um, it's about a high school teacher uh, to students. To be white is to be racist. Um, it's a lecture that he had, and it sparked a student demonstration discussion on inclusiveness. So a high school lecture discussions on racism and inclusiveness after a teacher reportedly told students to be white is to be racist, period. The controversial remarks, controversial remarks, excuse me, were recently delivered to students at Oklahoma's Norman North High School, report um, local station KSOR, which obtained an audio recording of the lecture. Um, am I a racist? And I say, yeah. I don't want to be. It's not like I choose to be racist, but to <laughs> But do I do things because of the way I was raised? The identified teacher is heard saying in the recording. A student who recorded the message and didn't want to be identified said the remarks were made during a lecture on how to heal the racial divide. She said she started to record her teacher after taking personal offense to the lesson. (laughs) Half of my family is Hispanic, so I just felt like, you know, him calling me racist just because I'm white. I mean, where's your proof in that? The student told the news source, you start telling someone something over and over again that's an opinion, and they start taking it as fact. Norman Public Schools Superintendent Joseph Ciano has since responded to the discussion calling it poorly handled. While discussing a variety of philosophical perspectives on culture, race, and ethics, a teacher was attempting to convey to students in an elective philosophy course a statement Wait, of course, a perspective that had been shared at a university lecture he had attended. The statement read, we regret that the discussion was poorly handled. When the district was notified of this concern, it was immediately addressed. We are committed to ensuring inclusiveness in our schools. Though the remarks clearly sparked some backlash, at least one student has since said the teacher's words were taken out of context. A group of Norman North High School students staged a demonstration Tuesday morning to support ongoing discussions about inclusivity, according to a student released by the school district. According to a statement, excuse me, released by the school district. What has been reported in the news doesn't accurately portray what happened in our philosophy class nor does it reflect what we believe in at our school. The student who attended the lecture and demonstration but didn't want to be identified said in a statement to the Huffington Post, the information was taken out of context and we believe it is important to have serious and thoughtful discussions about institutional racism in order to change history and promote inclusivity. 
Another student who also participated in the demonstration and did not want to be identified shared that they have been working to develop a civil liberties association for student groups. We are working to build bridges and having a healthy discussion about various philosophies is critical to examining ways to bring awareness to institutionalized racism, the students said. We appreciate the Norman Public School District support and the structures they have in place to address these topics. So basically, what happened was um, a teacher <laughs> attended a, a lecture at um, one of the local universities and decided to bring it to the school. And during this class, this philosophy class, which is an elective, um, they discussed, um, you know, are white people racist at birth? And I personally think this is the kind of introspective that white people need to be doing because racism is not my fault as a black person. I didn't create it. Right. I didn't spread it. I don't uphold it. It's right. white people who've done that. And it's their responsibility to unlearn racism. And the hard part for them is to really not only recognize how ingrained it is into their psyche and the way that they think and the way that they make decisions, that it's very hard for them to face this. But the ones who are willing to do it and to do the work, I believe, you know, they they will at the minimum be aware. But yeah. unfortunately, no, I don't believe that they're not one hundred percent racist free or without racism. And see, when you're talking about this yeah, I, when you told me about it, I was like, well, I don't think they're all racist. I think they're all, I think most of them have certain general generalizations about people of color. But then I was like, well, what is that rooted in, though? Like, where would that stem from? And it has to be racism. Well, okay. Say, for instance, let me think of something. It's very subtle and mundane. Like, um, mm -hmm. say, for instance, you're walking down the street, right, and mm -hmm. you see a white person. Now, you know there's the times you're walking down the street and white people do not acknowledge you, mm -hmm. right? You know how normally you're walking down the street and you see people and you say, hello, how are you? But then mm -hmm. you come across, you know, the certain white people, they just like, oh, there's a nigger, I don't see you. Mm -hmm. It's very subtle. We picked up on it. We notice it. Mm -hmm. But to another white person, they're like, oh, they just didn't speak. But right. maybe there's something in you that knows, like, no, they have a problem with right. black people or people of color. It's just something inherently you know because you've lived with it for so long and mm -hmm. your eyes were open to it and awakened. And even if you were black and you wanted to hide your, you wanted to deny it, you can only deny it for so long, but you know, you know what you know. Right. But there's a way for them to kind of say, like, no, that's not what that was about. Right. And you're just kind of like, yeah, actually, that's exactly what it was about. But they don't see it that way. 
because to them they were taught that that's normal mm-hmm. or that's the way it's supposed to be or that's okay. There's a lot of things that they're taught that are okay, and you're like, no, that's not okay. Right. And for them to have someone hold that mirror up to them because in our society, white is right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you remember we were talking about intersectionality, and um, I had to listen to all these black men say, well, what about Woody Allen and Roman Polanski? And it's like, well, wait a minute. Because they did that and got away with it, you should be able to. Like, what are you saying? Right, because black men hold them, them their standard is white men. That's what they're mm-hmm. achieving to be. Right. It's to achieve whiteness. Right. And, you know, it's interesting. Do I think that they all are racist to the point where they want to go out and join the Ku Klux Klan? No. There's degrees to it. Right. Like, do they know voting Republican does not help minorities? It only really mm-hmm. helps the wealthy. Right. You know, Quite like Caitlyn Jenner. Like Kim Card like to me, the Kardashians, okay. They swear up and down they're not racist. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like to an extent they uphold white supremacy where, you know, I feel like for them blackness is a performance. I don't believe that it's something they genuinely, I mean. Yeah, it's popular. It's, it's right. something they wanted to, to tackle and they they immerse themselves into the culture. They took over the culture to where people are saying they started it. They they did everything but originate black people in the culture, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> I'm just like, if that if that right. makes sense. Like, it, it's just, I, y'all, I'm just so frustrated. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, I'm just, okay, I'm because, words because it's just, no, because I like the Kardashians, but this shit bothers me. <laughs> no, because I'm laughing because remember I, I posted an article where Kanye was mad because he was like, Blue hasn't even hung out with Northwest. And I'm like, the fuck for what? Like, right, <laughs> right. It's, it's Seriously, okay. that's why you mad right now? Nigga. Okay, we, we got we to gotta, we gotta focus, but we're, we're throwing a whole lot of stuff into it. Do I think white people are racist from birth? No. I think that they learn white supremacy and carry it out. And I think that they do it, and it's so common that I don't think you have to be white to carry out white supremacy. Black people carry out white supremacy. Asian people carry out white supremacy. Latinos carry out white supremacy. Whenever you do anything, you know, that is against your good, and if you're doing it specifically because it's white, that's upholding white supremacy. That's how you, you know, know racism is a hell of a drug. It, that's how you know you're powerful if the group that is oppressing the other group is oppressing them to the point where that group is carrying out what they want. Oh, my God. Listen, 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 listen. Because it blew my mind when I really started to look into Brazil and the issues in Brazil. Like, when you think of Brazil and South America, you think Giselle Bündchen and, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
that's what the you know the Victoria's well, Secret models are. No, beautiful black people. The majority of people, like the seventy over seventy five percent of the population in Brazil, looks like me and you. Yes, but that's not what yes. we see. And so the fact you know, I was watching way, right? Okay. And I was watching mm-hmm. how um, one girl, she was black, and she was marrying a white man, and her family was so happy because they were like, "Oh yes, the children will be mulatto, and they'll get lighter and lighter, and they won't look black anymore." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, how sad is that that you want to look like the people who you want to look like your kidnappers, the people who, yeah. like for me, I." I and I hate to say this because I feel like we're going to get into some territory here, but I never want to be lighter than a brown paper bag. And it, uh, maybe it's because... Can you come look for me? <laughs> Ooh, dance the fact you think you lighter than a brown paper bag says it all. And I am. Lighter <laughs> <laughs> than no brown paper bag. <laughs> this is my summertime glow up, Okay. Oh, girl, you tried it. You tried it. Girl, you're brown, okay? You're brown. Because if you ever came to me and said you was light-skinned, I couldn't be your friend no more. I, girl, I, like, I am light-skinned. You're not. You're brown. You're brown. No, listen. Brown. Y'all listen. No. See, and that, that's even, <laughs> in, in, even amongst ourselves, we can't even fucking agree. Jesus Christ no, I'm a, No, listen. Wait. There is absolutely no. nothing wrong. If I was, I love being dark, actually, and I actually tan in the summertime so that I could be dark. So I don't have an issue with that. My baby is dark, and mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I'm, that's not even an issue because I do know that there are some light-skinned women who just can't imagine being any darker, and they try to do whatever they can to not get dark. I'm anti all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. So, I, I, so I'll come right at me talking about... Um, colorism and all that, you can kiss my ass because I'm not, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you, as someone who was constantly told how cute I was to be dark For a black girl, yes. I have, uh, it, it really pushed me to just go balls out for my, for my skin tone. Like, mm-hmm. no. Like, I love, I love brown. I love black. I, you know, and you know, one of the, Lord, y'all, so okay, I'm gonna save it. I'm not gonna say it, but um, I mean, basically, what I what what I believe is that it's very yes, it's very difficult for whites to accept their racism or their role in white supremacy. But I believe mm-hmm. it's white supremacy. Racism yes. to me is prejudice plus power. You know, there's right. bigotry, there's prejudice, there's bias. But racism is prejudice plus power. Racism is a white male calling the police, saying there's a black man brandishing a gun in a Walmart, where all he's doing is standing in the BB gun section, looking at BB guns, and the police walk in and immediately shoot him without questioning him. Right, right. Also, not only did he call 911 and give a false report to the police, it resulted in someone's murder in a grand jury fine of his white peers. All white peers find him not guilty. That is racism. Right. To me, it is prejudice plus power. It is a white mm-hmm. person doing something to a person of color because they know nothing will happen to them. And I, I have a lot of people because I hear a lot of I hear a lot of black people say, um, "Oh, black people can be racist," and I'm like, "No." Black people cannot be racist. 
You have yep. to have you have to hold power in order to be racist. We can be prejudiced, but we cannot mm-hmm. be racist. Not yet. We can be biased. You're right. We can be ignorant. Well, we but I can't know. oppress you. I cannot right. oppress you because as a black person, if I commit a crime against an Asian person or a Latina, they're gonna lock my black ass up. Yes, and I'll be convicted harsher than a non-melanated person. Right. So no. I can't just out here run out here and just steal an election. I can't run out here and steal property and, and steal corporations and steal money. I can't do that and still be able to live mm-hmm. my life. Right. I can't be Dick Cheney. Get the fuck out of here. <sighs> Wait, did you shoot somebody or with a bow and arrow or something? <laughs> Shot that motherfucker in the face, Quail Hunt. You sure did and made him apologize. Girl, uh, Dick Cheney, that's another one. Ow, he can hurry up and stop living. Jesus Christmas. I thought he was already there. He's still with us. No, that nigga got a bionic heart or some shit. Like, I don't know. Oh, he's shit. a vampire. He's, yeah. he's disgusting. But, like, no, seriously. Like, to me, I believe it's white supremacy. It is the systematic oppression. Mm-hmm. But, really, it, it legit is for wealthy white people. But poor white people buy into it and uphold it every day. They uphold it when they hire people who look like them, who are not qualified, who don't even, you know, they hold out certain positions for other white people, and they stop blacks from being able to apply for these jobs. Mm -hmm. They're using their privilege to gain supremacy, be it in the workplace, over industry, or corporations to be those gatekeepers that keep people of color out or from Mm -hmm. advancing. That is white supremacy, in my mind, in my opinion, in my belief. So is it something ingrained in white people? I do believe it is. Is it something that they have to work to become unindoctrinated about? Absolutely. But only the people who genuinely want to do it are the ones who are going to do it. Everyone else is just going to continue to uphold the status quo. And whether they want to accept it or not, if you're upholding the status quo, you're racist. Yeah, I agree. So it's something I thought was interesting, but I think, yeah, they, they this is the type of conversation white people need to be having. And I don't think mm-hmm. black people need to be involved in this damn conversation. I, it's not my I job think they to educate do. them. I, it's not no, my job to educate no, them. I think no. we do need to be involved to this point. Well, not even involved, but here's the thing. A lot of white people that are no longer, say they're no longer racist or see the error of their ways, feels like they need to broadcast the fact that they are no longer racist. And when you do this, it comes off as if it comes off as if you want brownie points for it. So mm. now again, you're you're going from being racist to now you're 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 no longer quote unquote racist, but your the attention is still on you. So you're still not paying attention to the fact that Black people are out here struggling, and you want points for being an ally. At this point, once you find out, once you realize that what you're doing is wrong and you want to correct your ways, be a silent ally. You can protest. You can, When I say silent, I don't mean, like, don't stand up for black people. I'm saying don't make it about yourself because it's mm-hmm. not about it, – it's about you being racist, but it's not about you. We need mm-hmm. your – of course, we can't – black people can't do it by themselves because we don't have that power. We just, we got it, but we ain't got it, if that makes sense, too. 
Absolutely. I get okay. it. Um, okay. But I think it's their job to clean up their mess. Yes, absolutely clean it up. Sense. Absolutely, because we can't do that for you. You have to do it for yourself. And mm-hmm. you, the knowledge is out there. You know, again, y'all serve the same Google we serve, okay? It's, we, you should not I – don't, I don't understand why – I don't white people feel like they have to come and ask black people you know these questions about things and it's like first off we've been telling y'all this and y'all don't believe it you don't believe mm-hmm. it and then when you when you see something that's coming not from a black person or maybe it came across the news and now you got to come back to us to validate it and it's like we we've been telling you this this is what we've been telling you the entire time so no I'm I'm done educating you you don't believe me anyway so Go out there and find it for yourself. It's out there. And yeah, and that's the other part too. Why I'm very over educating is because I could say something till I'm blue in the face. That's like being at work and like a, a white person asking a question. I answer it, and they're like, "Well, are you sure?" And it's like, "Well, then yes. I've been at the table where." I'll say something, like, we're trying to figure something out. And I'm like, well, why don't we just do X, Y, Z? And everybody's just sitting around looking and everyone's quiet. But then some white guy will come right behind me maybe 10 minutes later and say exactly what I just said. Like, okay, and that's they go with it. Right. And you just sit there and just look at them like, really, motherfucker? Like, really? So it's like, no, they, white people only listen to information that comes from other white people. This is something right. that I've seen. So many times, so, so, so many times, but you can't tell me it's not true. Um, Y'all aggravating yeah. as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm mad. <laughs> Girl. I'm just, I'm just really, I'm, uh, I'm just really bothered by this whole thing, and I think it's because I'm just learning so much more now, and it's just opening my eyes up to, like, now I'm looking at every non-black person, like, are you racist? Well, are you racist? I... Are you going to say something to me that's going to rub me the wrong way? Are you going to say something that's going to offend me, or is it going to be a generalization of me? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just... But anti-blackness in other cultures is real. And no, I know. Of- White supremacy, they align right. themselves with whiteness, which means do not like your black ass, and that's how they're going to get along. Mm-hmm. And girl, so do you know who else can be racist? Gay people. Mm-hmm. Gay white people specifically. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You want to start? I just okay. So um, let's see. I want to say it without saying it. So I had an incident where um, I got into it with a gay white person and uh. White what male. this white male uh, cisgender, and what they said was racist, and I'm like, hey, this is racist. You know, you need to cut it. 
And, you know, and it, the, the situation was solved or whatever. But I came to Cookie and I'm like, I don't think, like, how does, how does this work? Like, this just doesn't, <laughs> like, I was truly bothered. Like, I don't think that this goes together. And she just had, she had to, have, you know, pull me to the side and have a real nigga moment with me because I could not, I just could not grasp the fact that you could be gay, even though you're white, you could be gay. I mean, I say even though you're white, that you could be gay and be racist. Like, I just could not put those two together because I'm like, okay, they, I always aligned their struggle with some of the same struggles that black people had. You know what I mean? Like, their oppression was kind of similar to some of the civil rights uh, struggles that black people had. And you just had to break it down to me like, nah, girl, because they're still white at the end of the day. Like, they still are held above you at the end of the day because they're white. And that never clicked for me until then. Like, I I never got it until that day. Because privilege is a hell of a drug, honey. Yes. And this was my very first running with it. Um, I was working at a restaurant and my supervisor was gay. He was African-American. And a lot of his clientele, people who come to the restaurant, you know, his tables, they were other gays. So one time we're sitting over there, he had this one table who came in every Sunday. And they were a very lively bunch. They were coming in after church from their non-denominational church and um, would have, like, you know, like a little brunch or whatever. And one time he came over, he was just cursed on his breath. And I'm like, honey, what's wrong? And he's like, they piss me off when they talk that shit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, they're saying that the gay rights like civil rights. And I was looking at him like, okay, okay, you're gay, you're black. Why isn't it like that? He was like, man, he was like, because they're racist. And I just looked, and I was like, how is this I'm like, my fucking, wow. Like, right. Okay. So I was like, what, 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 what? <laughs> my head was spinning like, I don't understand. And that's like, how I was. <laughs> it was like, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean they're racist? But really, pretty much what he was saying, you know, he was like, these are, he's like, yes, they are gay, but they are well-to-do white men Little at boys. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, you know, he's been in spaces as a gay man. And he's had white men tell him that they don't date black men. He's been in gay spaces with whites and not been included. Um, a lot of people, you know, don't understand. Like a lot of um, a lot of um, trans men have issues with Madonna because when she did Vogue, that was something that was specifically black and Latino. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here she comes talking about it doesn't matter if you're black or white. Well, actually it does because in the ball scene, in the early ball scene in the early, I think it was 60s, white trans or white, um, white, I don't want to say drag queens, but I guess drag queens, they would have balls and the black drag queens were never recognized or, re- or received trophies. Mm-hmm. So they broke off and started their own ball scene mm-hmm. and drag scene. Which is where you get 
O-P-U-L-E-N-C-E. Opulence. Honey, that is my favorite. Go watch Paris is Burning. If you have not seen it, you need to go watch it. It is everything. Everything. Because my friend, brought, oh, my God, he used to call me Tallulah La Beha. He did. Because <laughs> whenever it would be a table full of dope boys, I would sashay my little butt over there and start flirting and kicking and take that table and make my money, honey. He'd be like, look at Tallulah La Beha. Because I would put it on, honey, and I would switch over there. But there, I worked with um, a lot of the boys who worked there with me on the weekend. They would dress in um, as women and go out to the club mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I would hear, you know, all their – they would tell me their tales of what happened at the club and how, you know, this happened and that happened. And for them, you know, they were always just kind of like, you know, even though we're gay, we're still black. Right. And they would tell me, like, I understand, um, they would tell me, like, I understand you as a black woman. They, You know, like, I remember he was saying, like, I have all the respect in the world for black women, women because mm-hmm. he was like, my sisters raised me. And he was just like, I've seen what they go through. And he was like, they get treated like shit and they get shitted on. And he was like, right. and sometimes he's like, if I'm, if I go out into the world and I act like a man and I don't show that I'm homosexual, he was like, I do. I do get treated a little bit better. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm still black and I still have black issues, but they're not like yours as a woman. And so he was really kind of breaking it down. He was like, you know, and I and I heard I've heard gay white men say racist things out of their mouth, and they don't bat not, but they'll quickly be like, oh, but you know, it's it's my civil rights because I'm gay. And it's like, well, wait a minute. No, not necessarily. You have a six-figure job and six-figure income. You don't have a degree, and you make more money than me. Mm-hmm. And you're still benefiting from your whiteness. So it's that caveat, right, mm-hmm. that, I mean, because I've been in the workplace. Okay, so another story. I was in the workplace. I was um, in grad school, and I was a student intern um, at an agency, and um, there was a transgendered woman there. Formerly, she was a man, and she um, was white, and she was she transitioned into a woman. So we had to take sensitivity training, right? Because it was the government, so you have to take sensitivity training. You have to learn that you know basically whatever it is you think about what this person is doing, keep it to your damn self. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just pretty much, I mean, I mean, pretty much it was like, you can, like, I mean, in the government, you can think whatever the hell you want to think, well, you but don't you it. don't talk about it. You keep your right. mouth shut. You don't have those kind of conversations. You don't engage. It's pretty much live and let live. So I mm-hmm. took the sensitivity training in like 03, 04, whatever. But I remember this particular trans woman, she did not speak to black people. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to one of the older black ladies in the office. I'm like, well, did somebody say something to her? Because, you know, I know how older black women are. Like, some of them just weren't, they just weren't feeling it. Like, you know what, I don't know what the fuck wrong with her, whatever. But then mm-hmm. there were some black women who were just, they were befuddled because they were like, yeah, like, she don't speak to us. But she broke her neck to talk to every, to any white man she saw. And I saw it with my own eyes. She did. Like, I remember 
I, we were kind of, she was coming out of the woman's bathroom, and I was like, oh, hello, how are you? Kind of almost bumped into her, and she just kind of looked at me and put her head down and like walk, like didn't say anything. I didn't say nothing. I just kind of, I was like, like, what was up with her? And the other lady was like, oh, that's how she do. They was like, and I was like, well, why is she like that? Like, she's trans. The white men in the office constantly say terrible, terrible things about her when she's right. not around. It's like they don't respect her. They think she's a freak. That's like, but the, I'll never forget this lady. She looked at me, Miss Mary. She was like, girl, she's like, whiteness is a hell of a drug. She was okay. like, at the end of the day, she was like, she white. And I was like, but she's trans. They don't. Really, she was like, she's white. And this was a trans woman still making over 100K a year, but your average African-American trans woman, you very rarely will you see them in the workplace. Every place that I've worked and there was a trans woman, it was a white woman, a former white man. And it's, that's been my experience. I've the only time I've worked with trans black women was when I was at a rest when I was working at the at my restaurant. Mm-hmm. But we weren't really making no money, you know what I'm right. saying? But like professionally, when I you know started putting my degrees down on my resume and having certifications and and you know moving up in my career, and there's another trans woman in my agency now, wonderful woman, very nice, very conservative, very reserved, but. You know, she, does, she doesn't talk to very many people, but she's been in the agency for years, and she's very respected because she's very competent. Mm-hmm. She's just trans. And people don't really say negative things about her. I noticed that a lot of the men do respect her because she is very, 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 very competent. Like, she knows what the fuck she's talking about. You can't go to this woman and she can't help you do something. She, she's really great. But I just remember my first experience on the professional level with the first lady. She didn't talk to black people, and she was very much still trying to center herself as white, despite what was happening with her other life, because she knew inherently <laughs> that that was where her power base was. Mm-hmm. It was not, she wasn't going to align herself with the African-American women in the um, agency who were, you know, statistically likely to be on the admin track or a GS-12 or lower. It wasn't very a whole, back then it wasn't a whole lot in that agency Mm -hmm. who were higher than a GS-13 or 14. Not Mm -hmm. very many, I should say. They were there, but it wasn't a lot. Yeah. But to align herself with white men and whiteness, she still had that privilege. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's how you have gays who are racist. You can be gay and racist, yes. Because white people still going to be white. White still are white. So mm-hmm. that's why um, why I understand that their issues are, I don't believe that white gays, they, I believe what they, they, they face discrimination. I believe they are in inherent danger because of bigotry and hatred. Yes. But their civil rights are not stripped in the sense of our civil rights because we're fighting for our humanity. Mm-hmm. They're fighting for acceptance or just to pretty much be able to live 
and love who they love. Right. But they're not fighting for their humanity. We are not right. human. And that, to me, that is the difference. <sighs> but, I mean, I've seen it play out in the workplace professionally. I know how it goes. I've had white people who were gay say racist, blatantly racist things to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit happens. Yeah. It does, but you guys, Gooch was so perplexed. Mama had to sit her down and just really give her a pat on the back, just like tell her baby it's gonna be okay. <laughs> I mean, it really fucked with me. It really did. It really did because I just I used to argue people down about like, nah, like this is like we're one and the same. Like we, our struggle is their struggle, and vice versa, and mm-hmm. you know. I guess the, one of the persons that I would argue this with was a hotep, and so I'm just like, ah, oh, nigga, yeah. you just, you know, you're a hotep. Just shut the fuck up. But well, now I'm saying, right, right. But I was like, they were right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, it made you agree with the hotep, child. No, right. hell no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I told y'all, I don't like looking stupid. And now I'm just like, gosh, I just, they were right. <laughs> they were right. And, you know, mm. at the end of the day, you're still a white person. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, yeah. so, it, it, yeah. But not to say that that's how all gays are. And No, 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 right. no, no. I'm not right. saying that. We're just talking about, I'm, I'm talking about specific experiences specific experiences that I've had. Right. And this is my first time dealing with this particular experience. So, y'all, it was so, Gooch really was, like, stuck. Like, Mm -hmm. what is happening? (laughs) I was like, he's white. (laughs) I told you, I'm new. I just woke up, y'all. I just woke up. So, y'all got to give me some time to catch up to y'all. And y'all wokeness, but I'm getting there. Yes, the, as long really as you am. get there, honey. As long yeah, as you get it, there, I'm getting there. It's to the point now where, like, I'll be somewhere and a topic of race can come up, and they people will seek me out. Like, Sherry, did you see this? Did you hear about this? This, <laughs> I think you'll appreciate this. And I'm like, <laughs> am I that person now? <laughs> Honey, like, we have to get you in formation. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go to HBCU? No, went to a private white school. <laughs> yeah, honey, you got to do undergrad all over again. And I you got to apply to um, go to Norfolk. Go down no, thank Norfolk. you. No, thank you. You're still a hater. You're still a hater. You still ain't got I, I mean, we got, I mean, it's some other black schools I can go to. I ain't got to go to Norfolk. You want to go to Hampton? What you trying to do? I mean, you know, I heard that is the real HU. Ooh. I didn't go to neither <laughs> of those institutions. I went to Morgan State University. Thank you very my much. Friend, my friend is a, um, she's a, she got her master's at Hanson, and mm-hmm. she will tell you quick, this is the real HU, honey. <laughs> Listen, I'll get off into that, that HU bill. See, even amongst the HBCUs, we call them bougie because 
we I'm a Morganite. We get shit done. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Hey, did Rachel Dolan's out go to go to Morgan? Howard? No, that oh, bitch okay. went to Howard. Excuse you. Howard, okay. Because trust me, if she brought that shit up to Morgan, ha, <laughs> she wouldn't have made it out. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Let me hush. Let me hush. away with this girl. But when she was no, when she was at Howard, she was white. She was white. Yeah. She was white, and they told her she was white at Howard. So the fact that she came out and still tried to like, she was a thirty-five-year-old white man named Harrison that worked for Coca-Cola. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) That was. Oh my God! Like literally, that was black excellence right there. It was, and then he was like, "It oh. was like gay people." Oh no, I don't agree with that. <laughs> that whole episode was black excellence. Oh my God! So many quotables. So many good quotables. But um, girl, we're gonna have to label this episode controversy. Jesus. Yeah. It's this. Yeah. <laughs> It's, 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 it is what it is. So if you disagree, that's cute and everything or whatever, but don't write me because. Yeah, tell, no, tell us where you're at. Tell us, write us in. And, uh, <laughs> so I will answer them personally. <laughs> I want you to express why you feel that we are wrong. I mean, we're not, but the floor is open. Okay. <laughs> the floor is open. Absolutely. I mean, when we roast your ass, don't be mad, okay? Don't, you You don't. caused this on yourself. Because if I have to go back up here and call my people to come and break it down for you, listen, <laughs> I didn't pull none of these stories out of thin air. All this has been right. my experiences, and I'm just speaking to what I have, ex- excuse me, what I have experienced. Exactly. That's um, all we can do. It's all I can do. But, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully you think about it and, um, you know, it sparks a discussion with you in your circle, mm-hmm. you know, about how you want to progress as an African-American. Me, I just want to get blacker. Yeah, I just want to be ratchet as fuck, yeah. but smart at the same time. <laughs> yes, I am the Bougetto blueprint, Loki. Yeah, like, I just, I want people to, I want people to see me and be like, oh, that girl is, you know, she mad ghetto, you know, and then I want to, like, come to them and, like, break down systematic racism. Like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to use so many words strung together. Like, I just. There are so many black people out here doing this. It's it's, it's pretty much how it's, it's, all black people have that. It's we all walk the line. We all know how to switch, per se. We do, because we're magical. It's what we have to do, what we do. Yeah. And it's, um, it's important for our survival. Girl, give black what we doing? Um, let's do give black. Let's save insecure for our black as fuck episodes when we Next um, week? talk about yeah yeah when we talk about all the black shows. Okay, he watches insecure too, so it's perfect. Yes. And Atlanta, so yeah, good, good, ready, 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 ready. Yes. Okay. So our give black is um, Courtney Alexander, and she is our give black because. She created, now I know this ain't your cup of tea um, cookie, and that's okay, but uh, she created these bomb-ass tarot cards, and they are bomb because they are black as 
fuck. And I mean, they're beautiful. And the name of them are, um, they're called Dust to Onyx. She created them herself. Mm. She's an artist. Um, I will provide all her information on the website. Um, She had a Kickstarter, um, but it closed. She made her goal, so she did it. People want these cards. Like, they, I I wish I could show y'all how, and you'll get to see them on the website. They are just so beautiful. Like, even if you don't even use the tarot cards, just, like, the pictures themselves are just outstanding. So she is our gift black, and her information will be on the website. Okay, because you know Jesus Christ is the head of my is my Lord and Savior and the head of my household, and who all my blessings flow, mm-hmm. honey. But because she's black, I can look. I can still look at these cards. I'm not going to use them per se. Yeah. You, you know, but I would. I, I think that's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is cute. So yeah, when y'all see them. Mm-hmm. Not a good not good luck, but congratulations because she she did good. I, and you know what? I think that it's great that um, African American women are starting to embrace more of Wiccan culture. I don't think it's starting. It's not a matter of starting. It's a matter of mm-hmm. it being more known now. If that uh, we're talking okay. about it. I'm not Wiccan, but <laughs> you oh, know, okay. but you know, um, more Black people are talking about it. Because right, yeah, we're not. I mean, all of us are not Christian. No, we're not. Not all of us. No, I am. You know, yeah, I am. I am no longer. You're no. not Christian adjacent. No, I believe in God. Okay, well, that's good. That's honey. That's literally all you have to do. There is a God. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Okay. Oh, but that's where I stop. And even if you didn't, you know, respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are plenty of people who don't, and I'm cool with them. Um, my problem lies in the people who want to force it on you either way. So, yeah. yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't come chasing me down about your God, and don't come chasing me down about your atheist beliefs. Like, just let me do my own thing. Girl, did that Bible thumper at work in disguise come back? No, she been leaving me alone when it comes to stuff like that. She talks mm-hmm. to me about everything. But watch Power. <laughs> she asking yes. me, did you see Power? And I'm mm-hmm. like, girl, That's I don't watch Power. I know. Power. Yeah. I know, but see, and this is this the gag. I never watched Power until yesterday. I started watching yeah. Power, and now I'm just like, oh, is that Angie? Is that Ghost? <laughs> about to have a conniption because you know the Walking Dead starts Sunday, right? Yes. And I will be so in. My DVR is recording going because they have a marathon and my DVR is going through recording everything. How about mm-hmm. How to Get Away with Murder did not record and I'm really about to go up on that. It, no. I finally caught up and it was so good. I need I to know what's going on with Annalise Child and that yeah, damn name. Girl. When she started going crazy, when she started being mm. on the pills, I'm like, I can't, I can't watch. Really, you know, I love a good shit show. 
I just can't watch black people, you know, fall. I just can't see it. Oh, girl, she ain't falling. Annalise is, is, is living her life like <laughs> she's, it's golden, honey. Yeah, you know, she's exceptional. Trash. Her her mental her mental mind is like, I just don't know how she comes up with this stuff. But I just, I don't know. I fell off. Just like I fell off a scandal. I, I, I think I got tired of scandal because, like, how far can you go with the whole Olivia and Fitz thing? Like, Mm-hmm. It's just it's done for, and then you're like glorifying the side chick, and now you got well, you got listen. girls out here trying to run up, and they're gonna get they're gonna get fucked up. I think that Fitz and Nelly's relationship ended a long time ago, before Olivia came into the picture, and we got into what happened with them. They fell apart, and mm-hmm. in the end, Olivia Although had he her owes that lady everything because she carried his daddy's rape baby. Girl, listen. And she took it like a champ. She did. She did. She did. And I listen. I don't know if I could have did it. I know. I, I, I would have every single day. I would have cussed him out for something. You can't pick up your damn son. I carry the daddy's rape baby. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't clean the bathroom. You just not go. You just not go cook dinner today. Even though for nine months I carried your daddy's rape baby. Is that? Is that what's happening? I'm going to kill you.
and it's unsad, um, but I felt I think that was because of the debate. So yeah, it had to be because of the debate. Yeah. But I'm glad Isn't I didn't knew y'all watch. was gonna watch that shit show. Child, I'm so glad I didn't watch it. I feel light and renewed and refreshed in my spirit, <laughs> child, because I didn't let it get funky with that foolishness. Yeah. And um. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to watching um, Queen Sugar. I'm also looking forward to seeing um, next week Atlanta. I'm so happy with that Atlanta. I am too. And originally, I wasn't. Um, not that I was like avidly not going to watch it, but I was just like, oh, like it's, I'm watching too many shows already. But. When I saw it, I was like, no, I need to see this every week, and I missed this week, so I'm going to go catch it on demand. But it's so good, and I'm just excited that we have options now. We have Mm. so many options. Like, even Mm -hmm. the babies have options. Like, they got Mm -hmm. Dr. McStuffins. They got this other little black baby cartoon. Like, I'm just like, at least something is going right. Something. You know, and, and the portrayal is so authentic. But the only thing that kind of pissed me off, I was reading an article and they were talking about um, Atlanta and the way they were writing about Paperboy, like he was some big mythical creature. And I'm like, no, that's a real nigga. That's what, nigga look, that's what a nigga looks like. Right. Yeah, right. Is, he, is he right? Not all the time, but for the most part, is he a pretty decent guy? Absolutely. Who, He's just who trying to make it Right. Who's what? I said, who isn't flawed, though? Like, And see, that's the thing. You know, the way they were talking about him, they were just like, oh, and sometimes he's just like a big cuddly, he's so cuddly, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you people act like you're right, like you've never seen a black person before. Like, I was so befuddled. Because <laughs> <laughs> we just made it in a zoo. <laughs> the title of this episode is going to be Controversy and Befuddlement. Girl, you <laughs> got me befuddled. Because, no, because, like, they really were writing, like, I mean, and he so this, he so that. And I'm like, he's a human being. Right. This is what it's like. Like, it's like. This is every like, day. Right. Like, they really legit did not understand or how to articulate black humanity. Mm-hmm. which is what you're seeing in these shows. We're giving you a regular slice of black life. Like, this is how it is. This insecure, like, I feel like, who isn't Issa Rae? That's, she's you know totally me. She's totally she's, me. <laughs> all of us, like, you have a career, you have a job, you're still trying to figure it out. Like, you know, yes. you're, you're, you don't, you're not um, Olivia Pope. You're not Annalise Keating. You're just you. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, you don't get it right all the time. You do crazy stuff. <laughs> you're flawed. Yes, we are. It's like we we have characters that are demonstrating our humanity. And it's right. crazy because it's beautiful, but it's also sad because it's fucking revolutionary. Right. And what is it? Why is our humanity revolutionary? Like, right. But, <sighs> child. That's the law but down to. I also want to say shout out to Issa Rae for putting on her day ones. Like, I appreciate mm. that about her too. When I looked at um, mm-hmm. when I looked at the show, I was like, oh, 
that's that quiet nigga that that never talk, yeah. and that's feisty, and that's you know what I mean. Yes, I was like, oh, yes. this, this cinematography looks like black and sexy shot it. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's great. It's great. And I and think I that that hotel dude that Molly met that was the black and sexy guy, right? From first. Uh, you talking about Will Catlett? Okay, you will call him by his goodness. Okay, that Girl. nigga is so fine. He <laughs> is fine. He fine. He never fine. Short, he, fine. he did a short. Um, a short film with Issa. It was just two characters, him and some girl he slept with, and that shit yeah. was remarkable. It was, and I, 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 I that's the show I was talking about. It's um, what was it? First date? No, Rumi no, Lover. I'm not. not Rumi nope, I'm not fans. talking about the show. You're talking about the show first. It was they have no, two you're seasons about, of first. I'm talking oh, about yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I'm talking about he did a short film, and it's just really? him. Yes, it's just him in a room, and there's only one other character, which is this broad that comes over one day and he fucks the shit out of her. Yeah. He barely says any words. Yeah, it, it got real. He barely says any words in the entire time that he's on screen, but it is so good. Like, it takes you through so many emotions. Y'all got to watch it. It's on Issa Rae's channel. It's one of her Sunday short yeah. film movies. Please check it out. Okay. Oh, and her YouTube channel, Blaze. Like, she's done a lot. I I admire her so much. Like, shout out to her. Kid Fury, Fresh yes. Alina, Nicole yes. Bitchy, everybody who's like a social media pioneer yep. who really have opened up these lanes. Like, be yourself, be authentic, be black. Yep. And the people will come. And it's like, it's awesome. It's amazing. Yep. It's like, what a time to be alive. Okay. You know what I mean, just like, but just watching her work and what she's done. Because, like, even my dad, he knew about Awkward Black Girl. And I wow. remember, like, I was watching it, and he was like, hey, you ever heard this this thing on, on YouTube called Awkward Black Girl? And I looked, I'm like, Daddy, you watched it? He was like, I watched it. So I stumbled across I'm like, how did you stumble across Awkward Black Girl? Like, how did you tell him? But he, he, for some reason, he found it. And he watched it, and he thought, he was like, it's absolutely hilarious. It was good, and it was because I I never, I will never forget that first episode where Mm -hmm. she was walking down the hallway, and she was like, you know, how this happens, and it happens to everybody, where you're coming down the hallway, the other person's going down the hallway in the opposite direction, and you don't know whether you should talk or not. So you do the sideways look, or you look down, or you pretend something's in your glasses, and it's like, oh, my God, I do that. And that's when I knew, like, Issa Rae is for the people. It's, listen, I'm I'm just glad that we're not getting these over-dramatized slices of black lives. Like, granted, right. Blackish is there, you know, the Cosby show and A Different World was there, but... You know, and then we had Martin living single, mm-hmm. but then we kind of had like the super black, and then you were either Olivia Pope, Cookie, right. or you were Annalise, and it was like, right. wait a minute, we're not all like this. That's me. Right, Natalie just got some red black people. You are Cookie. <laughs> I am a, a bitch Cookie, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm honest in real time. But all bench. <laughs> Oh, girl, just go. Just. You bring this white woman in my house? 
characters that I, I legit relate to. Yeah. And it's, it's the relatableness in the experiences, where they are, what they're doing, what they're going through. That's the, 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 that's the, that's what I really enjoy. And it's like, one day these people are going to see us as human beings. Yeah. And it's sad, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much what we're waiting for. Yeah. To be human. I mean, y'all can find it out for yourself, but we can force it on you, so. Listen, listen. Child. I'm not force you. I think that's what <laughs> But on that note, Mama's got to schedule a <laughs> pedicure. Girl, <laughs> Who you telling? I look like, my feet look like Myra's feet. You know you got to work on Myra's feet. Now, my feet don't look like my receipt, but my toenails <laughs> need a fresh coat of paint. <laughs> oh, I am a toe snob. Girl, one day whenever we get into, like, hygiene and shit, I will talk oh, about my coming. toe regimen. That's kind I'm a toe snob, girl. Y'all, y'all ladies need to know to wash your ass and your vagina. Really? That shit stinks. Girl, like going in the bathroom behind y'all. But that's what I'm I really, really, really don't ever want to go to your place of employment because, damn, you got digging holes, bed bugs, and infestations, (laughs) all live matter holes. You got IT niggas out here, Jews, the N word, all crazy. Girl, you got a lot going on at work. I know, but look where I was just at. But you want to live down there, girl. I don't want to live here. I had to come back. Oh. So I got out, but I had to come back. (laughs) (laughs) But you like like living um, in the tourist side, the touristy side. I do because I'm doing this for the benefit of my kids. Sometimes you got to sacrifice to get better. But I realized I need to drop her ass off at at somebody's inner city. Okay, well, all you black yeah. people seem to be accumulating. This is where I need to drop her off because she's just a little bit of black in her, just a little bit, so she can navigate these streets. Because I look There's at her and I be like, "Girl, I be like, girl, why did you just say something like that? You're clearly missing black people and blackness." So if y'all know of any black people camps that I could drop her off at, send it to the cooking the gooch at gmail dot com. Girl, you drop her right off in Norfolk. I I want her to succeed. I don't want her to be in a life of crime. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. You better stop talking about Norfolk like that. What about Norfolk Hilton? needs to do better. Girl, don't nobody, I'm not crossing that bridge. I I just came from Norfolk. I like Norfolk. I can look. I bet you do. Because <laughs> <laughs> you ain't me there. <laughs> Listen, and let's some... oh, and let's be clear. You went to, you went to downtown Norfolk, like Waterside. You ain't go to mm-hmm. Norfolk. I drove to the hood. I seen drop in the sixty folds. You ain't go to Little Creek. You ain't you ain't go. You know what I mean? Like you ain't go to Ocean View. Like you wasn't in Norfolk. Let me tell you something. You right about that. But yeah, you was, honestly, you was I don't have to drive all the way down there to go to a hood. I can literally go around the corner. Right. I, <laughs> Child, I like I like living in the black side of town because, especially the black suburbs, 
because it's like two blocks that are really nice, and then the next two blocks are real fucked up, and it may be like a block and a half is nice, and the other blocks are like fucked up. I like that. That's how Ocean View. That's how Ocean View is. Oh, I love that. That's my favorite. But that's starting to gentrify it too. So. Oh Jesus! Fuck them. Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't want to be around nobody's gentrification. Yeah, my uh, one of my former coworkers, he was he's from Oregon, and he and his now wife, um, they were looking at houses, and he was like, "Oh, we found a house out Ocean View," and I was like, "Ocean View? Why do you want to live out there?" And he's like, "Cause we found a really nice house, like it's huge, and we got it for really, really, really cheap, and we're just gonna fix it up, and we're gonna live there, and blah, 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 blah." And I'm like, "Oh, you're a gentrifier." Do we? Let me guess. They got a big dog. Big. Um, they don't have a dog, but um, you know, gentrifiers. That's the sign. Like the first wave gentrifiers. You know, their first wave because they got dogs and shit. They may have a dog now, but he didn't have one at the time. They gentrify. Yeah, he's the the one that told me I speak very articulately. Oh, fuck him. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was like, he's the one who walked up to me and was like, hey, do you listen to, there was some rapper, and I was like, no, I don't listen to rap music. See, I I hate when white people ask me stupid questions, because then I have to lie to you and be like, I don't listen to rap, or I don't, (laughs) like, I don't watch that. I've never seen The Wire. (laughs) <laughs> I do not need y'all coming back. You legit right. have not seen The Wire, though. And I st- but okay, I forgot. I have seen The Wire. <sighs> but you didn't I know just who don't they remem- was. I just don't remember everything. Like, I've, I was a kid. Like, I rem- I, I've seen The Wire. Avon, Snoop, all of them. I, I've seen it. You know, that's when I first found out about Idris. I remember more so The Corner than I do The Wire. Mm-hmm. I know. I know what mm-hmm. you're ready. I know what you're feeling. I, I don't, listen, I don't know how I feel about motherfuckers not knowing who Bay is. Like, I mean, you know, I might revisit The Wire. You know, just have a good old viewing party. I want to revisit it, but not after the day that Simon was on Twitter using nigga like he lost his motherfucking mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean... <laughs> They just despite this. Yeah, they 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 let you down every time. I know they do. <laughs> I know they do. <laughs> <laughs> OMG, OMG, OMG. I'm gonna go so, eat some cereal. Huh? I'm gonna go eat some cereal. Girl, I'm about to call the plug or whatever. I need to call then, my plug. Well, I ain't gonna call her, but. Because I don't like talking on the phone. <laughs> it's weird, I know. <laughs> oh, I told you my kid needs some more black people. See what she has to deal with? <laughs> oh, boy. But I want to get some cereal. Do you ever wonder why, okay, so why do people call it cereal and not cereals? Because it's more than one cereal. I I put an F on it because it's more than one. Cereal? I just call it cereal. Okay, so funny story, I was in New York, I'm in a bodega, and I was like, yeah, where's your cereal? And he was like, what are you saying? And I said, where's your cereal? 
And he was like, what? And he looked at my friend, and she goes, yo, where's your cereal? And, like, I can't even say it the way she's, and I was like, the fuck? He's like, oh, Captain Crunch? I said, yeah, Captain Crunch, all that food. Look at the Crunch, where is she at? Girl. Do you say syrup, too? Syrup. Mm-hmm. Syrup. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm not ashamed. Do you say milk? Milk. Oh, you say milk. Okay. I don't say milk. No. No, my mom says milk. And they're like, when I pronounce it, she be like, but you're from here. Why are you talking like this? The, but you know what, dude? Does your mama say computer? Yes. No, no, no. Now, well, now she said laptop because, we, you know, we upgraded her in life. So now she oh, says, so laptop. fix my laptop. Lab. L-A-B. Lab. Top. Can you come fix my laptop? <laughs> I never want to lose my tongue and my dialect. I never want to lose it. Apparently, when I'm around my family, it, it I unknowingly switch to how they speak. I don't hear it, but um, when, like when Pearl is around me and my family, she says I sound way different than I do in regular talk. So. Let me tell you something. I don't know what it is, but the older I get, the more country I get. Right? Ain't you from the country? I'm from I'm from Maryland. So I'm from the suburbs. But the older I get, the more country. My mama's from the country. She's from Virginia. Okay. The older I get, the more country I get. Listen. And I just embraced it. Yeah. I do. Ain't nothing wrong Flourish. with it. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's just, you know, that's just how it's going to be. But, yeah, I eat thorough. I put syrup on my pancakes <laughs> or whatever. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go give me some thoroughs. <laughs> I love having a bunch of eating an uh, ice-cold bowl thorough. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know. Yeah, I like it. Well, let me call my players or whatever so you can meet me outside or whatever. Okay, girl. All right, girl. Hold on, gorilla. Hold on. Nah. <laughs> <laughs>